Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, July 4th, 2022. Oh, you fat fucks. Go out and get your sunburns and your fireworks. Hey. Oh, man. I was traveling, dude. I'm back, by the way. Oh, sorry. A little too loud. I'm back, everybody. Uh, If you're wondering where I was, maybe you weren't. You know, maybe you have a life outside my podcast, and maybe that makes me feel things in a certain way that maybe I didn't feel like feeling them on such an early Tuesday morning doing a Monday morning podcast. I, um... I did a run of dates, y'all. I did a run of fucking dates that took me from the Pacific Northwest to this country. All them hairy-legged liberals are unless you're out in the woods. And um, then I went up into Canada. And from there, I went straight to, uh, I went to France. Some friends of my wife and I uh we're getting married in the french countryside and uh when i got out to the france countryside uh countryside de france um i had i had medieval internet (laughs) it's the only way i can describe it there was no there was just no internet i could get text messages from people but if they sent an accompanying photo it just would never download. So that's, I had basic, that type of shit. So I was recording podcasts and I tried to send those, I tried to send said podcast and it would say that they went through and they never did. And then I would get a text message from Andrew going, uh, dude, I know you're out there in France. Uh, where's the podcast? And I'd be like, Sacre bleu. um, wherever the fuck you say that. Um, yeah. So I don't even know where, where to begin, man. Um, let's do my little run. I was in, uh, Portland, Oregon, I think Auburn, Washington, Vancouver. And then I did two shows in Calgary in a park. The first one at like four 30 in the afternoon. Like I was fucking Paul Simon. I felt so bad for the people in the crowd, by the way, shout out to the people that came out to the four o'clock show, whatever the hell it was. Um, sitting in the sun like three quarters of the crowd just sitting in the sun i'm watching them my fellow white people getting fucking turning from white to pink to red by the time i did my closing bit um i want to thank them for coming out i it was a great time it was kind of a little bit bit weird you know with people who weren't part of the fest it was a festival that's what i was kept telling you yeah, I said to my agent, why am I doing a show at four in the afternoon? He's like, oh, it's a festival. It's like, God, that's not really an answer. Okay, I've done festivals before. And uh, I performed inside, I performed outside. But one thing I can't tell you was the sun was down. Down goes Frazier. The sun was down. Standing there in fucking broad daylight in a park talking about my dick. I thought I was going to get arrested. <laughs> I felt like... I felt like I was set up, man. Um, yeah, that's a, yeah, I was strange, but, but it ended up going great. The crowd was amazing. Um, I vaguely recall some older woman came up and flashed her tits. So actually her bra, which her bra, which Dean Del Rey said looked like an old pillowcase. <laughs> it was 
like fucking, you know, that, that gray, you know, when a white becomes that gray, well, you're just like, I got to throw this out. Or you look up and the sky's that color and you're just like, I don't want to go to work today. I don't want to work on my relationship. I don't want to let this guy in, but I'm going to let the guy in because wherever I'm going, I don't feel like going. And, and you just delayed me getting there by another car length. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for being you. Um, by the way, I absolutely fucking crushed speaking French with the French people over there. I fucking killed it. I was getting a lot of smiles like, there you go, you bald old cunt. You're coming around like like little nods of like, hey, that wasn't bad. I'm not saying I, I was like fucking over there reading the news. But I was able to... Uh, I was able to say to a cab driver, excuse me, sir, could you put the windows down? It's really hot back here. I was able to say all of that. Excuse me, monsieur. Est-ce que tu peux ouvrir les fenêtres, s'il vous plaît, parce que il est très chaud avec vous? I don't know. I'm sort of like a franglish. I was speaking, and uh, I know I didn't say any of that correctly, but I said enough of it correctly. Oh, oui, monsieur. And I was just like, yes! Sorry, I was like, we! Oui! <laughs> That's when you know you have it down. <laughs> when you start thinking in that language. But I was, I was so surprised and thrilled with the amount of shit that I was able to convey. Um, just by knowing how to order directions and just knowing uh, to go to want and uh, to buy, just knowing all of those conjugations in the, uh, yeah, just knowing where, like, Kelka shows. Did you ever drink Bois Kelka shows? A Cote, La Bar. Uh, and they would be like, okay, he's saying uh, close by, over there, you know, and I would just kind of move my hands like, Someplace close. To, oh, oh, we miss you. And then I take a left, make a right, da, 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 and I could fucking handle it. I actually had the stewards on the plane going, Would you prefer if we just did this in French? Because they could tell I was trying to learn it. I was so fucking psyched. You know, oh, Billy, oh, Billy Shy Boy. Billy Shy Boy. That was when I, when I had a music contract early in my career. Billy Shy Boy it was, uh, I was in a boy band. And that's what I went by. You know, we were trying to ride the coattails of um, a New Edition followed by New Kids on the Block. It was the third incarnation of Suburban. That was our hook. We were Suburban white boys. We weren't the cool white boys from Dorchester. We were the Suburban ones. And I went by Billy Shy Boy. And uh, we never got out of the garage. Sorry. Um... Anyway, no, I was trying to start a metal band in my garage. I just wanted to be in a band. Um, so anyway, I don't know what. Let me just back my way through this whole fucking tour. Oh, when I was in Calgary, when I landed, one of the first things I saw was a big pickup truck. You know, I'm a truck guy. Now, God damn it, you know, I'm a truck guy. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Uh, the guy had freedom written on the back window. <laughs> <laughs> ah, those poor people. Freedom. 
That's what this country's about, about freedom. Like, what does that even mean? I mean, I do know what it means. Uh, I think I know what it means. But, I mean, freedom went out the window, like, I don't know how many fucking decades ago. I don't know when these people are going to rebel. Oh, I guess they did. I guess they did. Um, I don't know. It's just like, dude, we are so fucked when it comes to freedom right now. I mean, what would you attack first? If you really wanted to reclaim whatever the fuck it is you're claiming, and I am assuming that when you mean reclaim, you don't mean to send women and people who aren't white back into the fucking Stone Ages or, you know, 20 years ago. Um, if you just mean, like, the government to stop hassling you, man. Like, I don't know where you would even begin. The first thing you'd have to do, like most coups, is you'd have to go after the media because once you control the narrative, then you control the thought process. So you would have to go in and you would have to whack everybody at Fox News and CNN. That's the first thing you would have to do so you could control the narrative of what it was that you were doing. Because um, I can guarantee you, if there was a coup to overthrow the country, uh, one that looked like it was going to be successful, not that fucking uh, insurrection of fucking whatever was it, J- January, whatever the fuck it was. Um, a bunch of people with shit they got at Home Depot pushed their way into a government building. My favorite part was when they actually got all the way in there. And they didn't know what to do because there was no plan to even get that far. And then they just started sitting at desks and putting their feet up like children that had taken over a school. Like, oh, look at me. I'm the principal. Take a picture. (laughs) Um, There was that aspect of it. And then the other aspect of it, which was fucking hilarious to me, is that a group of people armed with shit you get at Home Depot could somehow get all the way in to whatever that government building was called. The one with the nice dome. The Capitol building. That's where the House of Representatives and the Senate sit and debate things for corporations acting as though they're doing something for you. Um, anyway, so I saw, that, I saw that truck there. So I had fun with that element um, that was in the crowd. You know, um, uh, telling them that I also had a truck and the shit that I was going to write on my back window just to annoy them. (laughs) Just show up with the most badass truck ever and then just have gender-neutral bathrooms written on the back window just to fucking annoy people. And then just come out there and and just be one of them loving guns and all of this type of shit and they just can't. And just see, see if you could get them to get past what you had written on the back of your window. I keep seeing those memes about people like writing their whole, um, all of their politics on their pickup trucks. That seems to, is that like really happening? Or maybe other people with pickup trucks see it. Um, I always love it because it's, it's very like, like common man, common sense. In other words, there's nothing behind it. <laughs> Man, I shoot from the hip, man. I tell it like it is. It's just like, you know what that means? That means I don't read. I don't have nearly enough uh, time put in on this topic, but I'm just like, 
you know, but I am arrogant enough to think that I can solve it without needing any in, any of the information. Like, I got one for you. I know this full-on fucking narcissist. Not me. Um, another one. This full-on, fu- as I sit here doing a podcast by myself. Um, I know this full-on fucking narcissist. And for years, <clears throat> from the moment JFK Jr.'s plane went down to like a fucking two years ago, this dude was telling me without a, a, a fucking shred of doubt that he knew exactly what happened. And he just made up all of this shit. All of this shit. Oh, oh dude, I'll tell you what happened. Dude, I'll tell you what happened. Dude, he didn't even get his license up here. Dude, he went down to Florida. They're like, oh, God, you're a fucking JFK fucking junior. Right? Dude, he had like fucking eight hours and the guy just gave him his fucking license. That's what this guy said. And, um, and on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And then he bought a plane that was beyond his ability and that he was too cocky because he was a Kennedy and all of this shit, just indicting this dead person, right? So lo and behold, Old Freckles here eventually goes out, gets himself a pilot's license, and one day it dawns on him. One of the things that he learned is that anytime there's an accident, there's an FAA report about a year later. So I was like, why don't I just read the report? And I read the report, and nothing this guy said was true. This guy made a YouTube video, you know, also about it that was incredible. And... um I was reading saying this guy, most of his hours were with instructors, which most people it isn't because they can't afford to do that. This and, and he had done, he actually had passed his written on his instrument exam and had experience, you know, uh, he had like half the hours he needed to fly under instrument and all of that. He was an incredibly careful pilot, cautious pilot and all of that. He just ran into a series of things that ended up being beyond him which can fucking happen to anybody. Um, Which is the scary thing about flying and all of this shit. So, I went to this guy. Hadn't talked to him in years. I said, hey, dude, you know, you know, I got my pilot's license, right? He's like, yeah, be careful up there, dude. You want to stay on the ground where everybody's driving 90 text messaging without fucking looking at the road, dude. All these fucking Tesla people taking naps while their car keeps driving like they're in fucking Night Rider. That's where you want to be, nice and safe. On the highways where there's a cross and fucking flowers on the side of the road every half fucking mile. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I know, dude. I know, it's dangerous. You're right. You're right. Listen, you know, uh, there's a whole FAA report on that JFK Jr. thing. You should really read it. And he goes, I don't need to read it. I go, I'm telling you, I go, everything that you're saying is wrong. This guy was actually a really good pilot, really cautious and all that. And I said, and he started saying again what he thought happened with full fucking confidence. I'm like, dude, that's not what happened. I go, there's an FAA report. Read it. And he goes, I don't need to read it. (laughs) And I just bursted out laughing. And I was like, all right, man. 
That's what I did. And that's the only thing that shuts somebody like, he goes, what? What do you mean? All right. I got nothing, nothing. I get it. I get it. You, you know what happened? Well, no, dude. Why? It's just like, I just told you there's a whole, there's a group of people that that's their job to figure out what went wrong. You're not even in aviation. You don't even have fucking a model plane. And you're telling me that, you know, more than the fucking FAA knows without even reading a fucking report. I got a little heated. Just people like that. You know what's so fucking dumb is I know they're never going to agree with me, but I will fucking walk up that hill every time and ring that doorbell every fucking time. What am, what am I looking for? What am I looking to gain that they're going to be like, you know what, Bill? You are right. Thank you for setting me straight. That's just not going to happen on any level. Okay, whatever. Um, so anyway, so when I saw that, I got a big kick out of that. And I was like, wait, you know, I bought a big stupid truck. Now I can actually start writing things on the back and annoying the shit out of people with my political opinions. Uh, well, Bill, you already do it on the podcast. Um, all right. Where am I going from here? Let's talk about, uh, yeah, we'll just back our way through it. So I flew back. We were in tours, and we drove up to uh, Paris, which took a couple of hours. Got up at 6 in the morning, and then we went to uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport. My daughter had out her laptop and was watching Charlie Maron try to kick the football. And uh, <laughs> Maron, Charlie Maron. Pourquoi, pourquoi, Charlie? Charlie, pourquoi? The même chose, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. Um. Anyways, Big Ben, il est poupou. Um. Okay, hang on a second. Um. So we get to the airport, and uh, and you know it's classic. You know, just traveling with kids five and under. My son's two years old. You know, where are the passports? My wife has the passports. My mother-in-law had this duty-free bag of shit. She, she couldn't remember where she put it. They leave it in the van. All of this stuff. You finally get to the other side of customs. You always feel at some point someone's just going to stop you. Hot! You know? <laughs> You're just never going to be able to get back to your country. So um, we ended up finally getting to the... Uh, to the airport and something I, I learned is my son's a little loud and a little out of control because I'm sort of overcompensating from my childhood so uh, I had to become uh, old firm freckles with him and I'd be honest with you it took like literally five minutes in one temper tantrum and then I, I ended up having the snap and the stare and he would just look at me and he put his hands over his eyes and then peek through his fingers and it was just like you know just doing, I mean, that's like, I, I, and I didn't have to fucking raise my voice or anything. I just had to sit him down and be like, hey, enough of this. Apologize to your sister. Say you're sorry. And that would always hit him. And he'd be like, sorry. And my daughter would be like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like a lunatic or whatever. But despite that, he is only two years old. All right. So, and he is going to be on a plane for like 12 hours. And I got to tell you something. 
he got on the plane and he was being a little loud and there was this older couple in front of us and this fucking guy is like giving my kid looks and I was sitting there going like, you know, I never thought I had it in me to slap somebody that looked like they were pushing 80. But I was just sitting there and I wanted to look at that guy and be like, buddy, do you think you didn't cry when you were fucking two? You old cunt when you were on a fucking wooden ship trying not to get scurvy when you crossed this fucking ocean the last time? He was going, can we change our seats? Because this, this is just going to be really difficult. Oh, is it really going to be difficult to go from Paris to fucking Los Angeles in 11 and a half hours? <laughs> With a live flatbed. Um, I am proud to say that in 12 hours, there was three incidents of my son just wigging out, which I think was pretty fucking good. And um, I stayed up the whole time. I did like 200 laps with them around the cabin, carrying them. Um, you know, he knew how to say hello. He's such a friendly little guy. He'd walk by and he'd meet people and he'd go, bonjour. <laughs> of course, so the stewards and all of them fucking loved him. Stewardesses, whatever the fuck he's supposed to. The male stewards and the stewardesses. The attendant de la flat. Um, and we ended up, we ended up just having like uh, a great time. And I sat next to my daughter and we basically just laughed and shot the shit for probably half of the flight. And I just kept looking at her thinking like how awesome, like this is my daughter. This is amazing. So um, I did watch a couple of um, movies. I watched Dublin, which was not Dublin. Oh my God. I keep calling it Dublin. Oh my God. Ah, they're going to kill me in Ireland. I was watching Belfast. I don't know why I kept calling it Dublin. Probably because 90% of my tours over there, I always go to Dublin. And I only went to Belfast once. Um, and I got to play that amazing theater where Led Zeppelin played um, Ursula Hall. Well, the first place they played Stairway to Heaven live. Um. Anyway, and I remember being in Belfast, and I remember the guy that was the security guy, you know, who was running Ursula Hall. And I remember, like, meeting that guy. I was like, and I was like, hey, man, how you doing? And just his whole fucking vibe. You could just feel, okay, this guy, it was just a different vibe up there. We were like, all right, this is not the place to make some wise-ass remark <laughs> that might be misunderstood. Um, but anyway... I saw that movie Belfast, my apologies, and uh, I really enjoyed that. It was not what I thought it was going to be by any stretch of the means. It was actually uh, a really cool thing where it was sort of about just the human relations, relationships there between, you know, husband and wives, like how, how wives, how it affected them um, and the decisions people had to make and... Uh, just pulling families apart and everything. It was really, a really, really interesting movie. So I enjoyed that one. And then I watched that Clint Eastwood movie, uh, Crime Macho. And um, that movie I loved. I mean, anytime Clint's going to play a cowboy and get on the horse again. And he was driving an old Chevy Suburban. Um, I, I really enjoyed that one too. 
And uh, other than that, what did I do? I, I watched this whole thing that was in French about Air France in the movies. And it was just this wonderful f series. And they had a thing uh, where they were talking about the Concord. The supersonic fucking jet. You could fly from New York City to France in like three hours and 40 minutes. This was in the late 70s you could do this. How we went back and they had one fucking crash and they douched the whole goddamn thing. How many of the fucking 747s have crashed? I don't see them fucking douching that thing. It must have just been too prohibitively expensive. But I did see something recently that they were going to be bringing supersonic flight back. If they could just somehow make those things electric, you know, now that China bought up all the lithium deposits around the fucking world, um, we could find a new way to pollute the skies. And there needs to be less people. People, that's that's what needs to happen. That's that's the solution. And that is not what I am hearing from Democrats or Republicans. Go forth and multiply. Keep the country white. Um. That's one of the theories about that, you know, that whole abortion thing, that it's really not religious-based. I mean, they're using the media to stir people up. You know, I'm not saying that people aren't against it for religious reasons, but I feel like they're against it for religious reasons because they were told that God doesn't like it. Not because God said that. Who, by the way, has been surprisingly quiet since that book. <laughs> it's Issuing statements right and left like George Steinbrenner when the Yankees were sub 500 and then just not a peep, not a fucking word from the guy. But evidently, he weighed in on abortion a long fucking time ago and said he didn't fucking like it. Um, I heard, and there's another theory. I'm not saying that this is true. Okay, I'm not trying to be the guy that doesn't have answers that sits here and acts like he has answers because there's nobody here to debate with me. But I actually read this theory that it was racially based because 60% of abortions were done by white people that they wanted those they wanted those white babies they needed those white babies so that people who weren't white wouldn't out fuck us <laughs> I don't know everything sounds fucking nuts to me um, but anyway my son did great I was so proud of him and um, I also be, I feel like I became a better dad because I was embarrassed. Like there was a few times where he just, I was telling him to be quiet and he just would not be quiet. I was like, wow, my son really doesn't listen to me. I need to fix this. And I fixed it really quick. Um, not going to lie to you. There was a pretty loud debate from him, but I fixed it and that was it. And I was just thinking to myself, I was trying to put myself in the other people's position. And I was like, you know what? I get annoyed a little bit when other kids are crying but I, I always understood it. And my whole thing was if the parent was making an effort to keep the kid quiet, then at the end of the day, what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? Drug the kid? Put a chloroform rag over his fucking face? Um, and those people who give me dirty looks, my whole thing is, is as long as you never had kids. As long as you never had kids, then I get it. You hate kids, and this is why you didn't have kids. I, I can even understand that. But like... If you had kids 
and you're still giving those fucking looks like I just I don't know I immediately assume that you were a shit parent um <laughs> is that wrong um by the way the wedding that we went to um was in a castle on the French countryside and um it ended with fireworks out on the terrace. I mean, it was it was a once in a lifetime experience. That's what I loved about the wedding was even even as a guest, it was like sort of a it was a night you were never gonna forget. So I was very psyched and had and that I was invited to something like that. I had a great time and it was one of those awesome weddings, you know, where you just know the people should be together. You know, we just like they totally fit. Um and then everybody who came up and gave speeches was were just crushing it. Um, it was awesome because uh, I've been to a few. I've been to two weddings where you're just sitting there going like, I just don't see this connection at all. <laughs> I, I give this. I mean, just because breaking up is hard to do, I, I give 18 months maybe. But there's no way they're going through the holidays twice. There's no fucking way trying to pick out that card that says all of this shit that you wish you felt but didn't. I mean, there's only so many times you can buy that card. Um, so the two weddings that I went to that, that were like that, one of them ended, um, I want to say about two years, maybe. Two and a half years. Um, and the other one, they're still together as far as I know. So what the fuck do I know? I do know the one that 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 like dissolved quickly. What was cool is it actually dissolved in a nice way. They were trying to do something, I forget, like around the house and they were just fighting. I just, you know, they just weren't in sync. And for whatever reason, my buddy just looked at his wife and said, Hey, do you want to like just like not do this? And she was like, "What?" He was just like, "Like this, like this doesn't feel right." And she was just like, "Yeah, I know." That's what it was. And then he goes, "Do you like want to like not do this?" And she was like, "Yeah." And then they both laughed. <laughs> it was one of those things. Usually when there's a breakup, there's one person's just like, this is the greatest relationship ever, right? I've been that person. Then you just get hit with that wet sack of potatoes one day of like, yeah, listen, I'm not into this at all. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Getting dumped. Jesus Christ. And the whole time, like, ah, oh, I bet she hated my laugh. She probably hated the way I slept, you know? When you're with somebody and you're not in love with them, just every fucking thing they do after a while becomes a reason to like. This is how these fucking idiots, you watch on these fucking shows. They kill their spouses because this, this, they don't tell you, teach you how to break up with somebody. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? And then they go from like, you know, the worst thing they did was steal candy bars when they were kids to try to get away with murder one. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. 
Talk about not wanting to have that conversation. You know, you're risking like, you know, if you if you are a religious person, going to hell for the rest of your life. Why wouldn't you just stay married and just like deal, have that be your hell? Because then even then I think God would get mad at you. I gave you a brain. I gave you a mouth. And you, you just, what, what did you do with it, huh? You talked to the wrong person. You married the wrong person. And then you fucking stayed in it. And you had kids with the wrong person, and they could feel the fucking vibe, and now they're all out there all fucked. Now, like God cares to that point. Like he gives a fuck at that level. I've come back around people that I, I believe in a higher power. All right? I am there, but I am not, nor will I ever, I don't think you could ever convince me that it's 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 a higher power that even remotely gives a shit. When you look at all the fucking horrible things, like take this latest fucking jerk off. Who, by the way, if he just looked at his picture, it's like this guy shouldn't own a gun. You know, well, he just can walk right in and buy whatever the fuck he wants because he's a man. He goes out and did what he did. Now, here's my thing. God made that person. So how do these religious people sit there, th- you know, and all of that fucking horse shit about God and the devil? I just love how the devil is somehow like the same rank as God. Like you got two choices. The guy who created everything or this fucking guy. And you can actually choose this fucking guy and do something beyond fucking evil like what happened in Buffalo, Texas, and now Chicago. I'm sure there's a rally going right now. You know, make it easier. Make it easier to get guns. Um, which is another thing. I would love to have, have talk to um, um, gun owners. For some reason, I keep throwing this out there, and I just never seem to get the fucking emails. Like, uh, I understand that whole thing where you don't just want the government to have arms. Um, you know, in case they get too oppressive that the people can fight back. What about modern technology and how far ahead they are with the weaponry that they have versus what you as a citizen can purchase at a, uh, you know, at, at, a, at, a, at a gun store or Walmart or whatever? I mean, what they have access, what they have. The fact that now, you know, some nerd from the math team can be fucking John Rambo with a drone five states away. Like, how does one combat something like that? Which, once again, I actually think that the government having that level of weaponry versus the citizens is the least of our problems. Um I would say that it's what that we're divided because of these 24-hour fucking news networks. Because the bottom line is, is if everybody just said, well, fuck it then. All right, well, we just won't go to work and we're going to stop paying taxes. And then none of you motherfuckers get to eat. Now what are you going to do? Hey, 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 Richies, dig your own ditches. You could have like all these non-violent, you know. The problem is, is they get to use the military on their own people and they have to follow orders. I have more stripes in my shirt and I told you to point that gun at your own fucking people. (laughs) 
Oh, this is getting deep. All right, let's, uh, is it getting deep? The, the topic's getting deep. I don't know that what was said was that deep. Um, all right. Oh, we were at the castle. We stayed there after the wedding. We were like the last couple that left. We stayed there. Oh, my God, I had this amazing pool. And when I was in Vancouver, I bought these uh, swimming goggles. They actually had a Speedo store. Um, oh, my God, I couldn't wear anything in there. I just I just hate my body right now. I just, I don't even want to talk about it. But the goggles, they, uh, you know, they had the regular, you know, I'm at a days in. They have an indoor slash outdoor pool. It's been pissed in. Let me jump in that. They had those ones. And then they had the, uh, are you competing for a spot on the national team? And I was like, I don't know why. I was like, let me get those. I'll take those. They're fucking incredible. And I was in La Piscine, however you say pool. Um, this is what I would do. I would sit by the pool, right? I'd just fucking chill out. And there was like a, like a, I don't know, like a fucking bog or some shit. Like some pond that you couldn't even see the water. It had all this green shit on it. And that fucking thing. There was so much chatter coming from that pond. It was across the road. Oh, by the way, my son imitates the uh, the police cars over there. He kept going, he loved them. And um, my daughter was speaking French uh, with the, uh, the, the flight attendants. They absolutely fucking loved her. Um... And said that she spoke great French and all of that type of stuff. I'm actually starting to speak French with my daughter. It's so fucking cool. Um, but my son loves planes, motorcycles, helicopters, trucks, and cars. And I every day he, you know, now he wants to come out to the garage. It's kind of good. I start my old truck up. I pull it out of the you know the, the garage and everything. And when we landed at LAX and. He saw all the other airplanes. He had a fucking meltdown. And he was pointing at them. And I was going, yeah, buddy, like airplane. And he was just going like, that airplane? No, no. As we were walking away. And I finally figured out that he thought that we could just go and sit in them and play in all the airplanes. So with his cute little two-year-old mind, he was like, why are we going this way? We should all go play on those planes and pretend we're flying them. And the trucks and the buses. So we finally had to be like, the planes are going bye-bye. The planes are going bye-bye. And he'd be like, <laughs> he's like, bye-bye planes. Bye-bye planes. <laughs> it absolutely fucking broke my heart. But um, I was also totally psyched that he was into, uh, he's into planes and trucks and all of that shit. All right, I am babbling here, babbling. By the way, my buddy... <coughs> Comedian BT was telling me that uh, this F1 race might have been one of the best ones ever. I got to see it. I saw, briefly saw a highlight before I shut it off. Lewis Hamilton was in the hunt, which is fucking awesome. As much as I like to, to tease that guy and everything, it sucks when his car isn't good. And I actually met an F1 huge fan who was going to that race at the wedding, and he was saying that uh, I was going, it's weird how his teammate has a better car. And he said, no, he's the more experienced driver. So he's going to be able to, to guide them easier on what the car needs. And uh, you knew it was going to happen. That they're, they're getting their, their shit together and it's just going to be a fucking 
it's just going to be unbelievable racing for the rest of the year. That's what I'm hoping. So anyway, I have to watch that. My DVR recorded it. All right, look who it is, everybody. It's Indochino. You know, whether you're going to be a groom in a wedding party or a lucky guest, everyone wants to look their best for a wedding. With a custom-fitted suit from Indochino, you'll feel great. Feel confident and enjoy the big day without fussing over your clothes. Hey, I was at that wedding. I was at that wedding, and somebody, you know, I was sweating this guy's suit, man. I love that suit. What is it? He goes, this is a $75 suit. I'm telling you. $75, and these guys are like twice that. They, they got like a couple hundred. They short start from 79 bucks. You can look great at a fucking wedding, especially if it's customized. Because his pattern and everything was totally different. It might have been an Indochino suit. Choose every detail on a shirt, shirt, dinner jacket, and more at affordable prices that may surprise you for fully customized pieces. If I was a young man and I was going to a wedding and I wanted to stand out without breaking the bank and getting the ladies to come over me and ask me if I like it shaken or stirred there, um, I'd get an Indochino suit. That would be my game plan. I do that, and I learn how to do the electric slide, and that would be it, man. It's raining. Um, choose. <laughs> uh, I wasn't gonna say men there, but okay. But I, I, I'm respecting the fact that this is a, a, a an advertising read, and I'm gonna do it correctly here. Choose every detail on a shirt, suit, dinner jacket, and more at affordable prices that may surprise you. Ooh. For fully customized pieces, every suit is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. Create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly with options for fabrics, lapel shape, custom monograms, statement linings, and more. The best part, Indochino starts, suits start from just $4.29 and shirts from $79. Um, Indochino also offers a com completely custom... I always feel like this is too much. Like, I'm ready to buy here. Just let's get to the fucking information. But they got another paragraph here. Indochino also offers completely custom-fitted shirts, casual wear, and more. Get a wardrobe personalized to your style and taste without spending a fortune. Yeah, look at that. Look at that right there. Look at that copy. It just, it just put a picture in my head. Are you going to fucking college with all your shit that nobody else has? And I mean, I don't know. There's just something about him. He has a sense of style. Right? And next thing you know, you're getting banged on a bluff on the way to the quad. Are those college words? I never went. I mean, I commuted, so I sort of went. Me and the janitor had the same experience. Uh, there's always adding, they're always adding new pieces and options so you can stay on trend and in style. Explore their relaxed yet refined approach. Oh, God, I have to get an off-campus apartment. I have one of those. It's called living with your parents. Explore their relaxed yet refined approach to spring suits with their new spring pastels. If you got a big day coming up, getting the perfect look is no big deal with Indochino. Get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using the promo code BURR, B-U-R-R, at Indochino.com. That's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code BURR. All right, look who it is now. Oh, Christ, who is it now? Who's at the door? Oh, my God, it's Solo Stove. Stove, toot soul. Um, <laughs> life's best moments happened around a roaring fire. Well, I don't know about that. I think it's the end of a lot of people's lives. 
happened around a roaring fire. And a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove, a controlled roaring fire. I think they need controlled in the copy. Life's best moments happen around a roaring fire. Jesus Christ! Honey, wake up! Right? I mean, come on. You got to say, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to take a little, a little uh, uh, podcast host power moment here. I'm going to change this copy. All right. I'm going to change the copy here. Life's best moments happen around a controlled roaring fire. The fire is nice and warm, but it's not going anywhere. And you decide how close it gets to you, not the other way around. And a smokeless fire pit from... So you can't have the fire making decisions. Um... Uh, fire was not made in god's image like we were and a smokeless fire pit from solo stove makes your outdoor moments even more memorable because instead of having to constantly dodge campfire fumes jesus christ you can sit back relax and actually enjoy the fire and not worry about getting burned to death i think that that's what solo stove is taking out of the equation here the fire getting out of control and suddenly uh you know you know, should you see solo stoves of these assholes that do fucking gender fucking reveals of their babies in the middle of a dry wooded area? Get a solo stove, you fucking cunts. Uh, there's nothing like a roaring fire to bring you back to what matters. <laughs> I swear to God, if you just get me away from this roaring fire, God, I'm, I'm not going to come drink anymore. I'm going to be nicer to my wife. I, I understand what matters now. Oh, a controlled fire. Dude, why am I working so hard? Look at my wife. Look at her gorgeous face with the flames flickering ever so safely away from her. Uh, the things, uh, the things digital, what? The things digital distractions and the frenzy, that can't be right. Brings you back to what matters. The things digital distractions. What did uh, things has got to be the wrong word there? And the frenzy of everyday life make too easy to forget. Or it brings you back to what matters. The things, digital distractions, and the frenzy of everyday life make too easy to forget. Oh, that was all one sentence. But they made it two sentences. All right. Stainless steel construction designed to regulate airflow and burn. More efficiently. Speaking of stainless steel, my wedding ring, um, that's the kind of precious metal you get as the husband. <laughs> they melt down a toaster into a circle. There you go, buddy. Um, I, uh, I do this dumb thing where I take my wedding ring off when I put on lotion because I don't like when the lotion gets underneath the ring. And I always set the ring on top of my wallet. And when I'm on the road, I get super paranoid if I take the ring off. But I still, I don't know why. I'm just going to stop doing it. So I took the ring off. It was 6 in the morning. 6 in the morning at the Waffle House. Um, I actually heard the original version. It was 3 a.m. at the Pancake House. And then Jay-Z goes, no, I switched it a little bit. I say 4 a.m. at the Waffle House. And then they were like, okay, that's different. Um, anyway, so I, I uh, had this fucking, I took the ring off in the bathroom. And it wasn't until we were like two hours into our drive going back up to Paris. I looked down and it wasn't on my finger. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My wife's like, what? What? 
what? I'm like, I might have left my ring at the at the hotel. She was totally cool because she was with me. You know what I mean? I think if you're on the road by yourself, you're like, oh, I think I left my ring at the hotel. <laughs> I don't think your wife's going to be cool. But I was like, no, I put it, I think it's in my toiletry bag. And we called the hotel and they didn't have it. So I go, I, I, I know it's there. It has to be there. And my toiletry bag was in the big bag that I was checking and we were going through customs and I'm like, look, it's either there or it's not. I'm not doing this shit now. And um, I flew the whole way back without the ring on and it felt really weird. I didn't even realize all the subconscious things I do with it because it's not totally like, I didn't want it to be, I got, okay, I'm gonna, maybe I'm oversharing here, but I have like giant fucking, like my knuckles are bigger than the fucking finger meat behind it. So it had to be big enough to get around the knuckles. I basically have an hourglass finger shape. <laughs> oh, that's another thing I watched. I watched this thing on fucking... Uh... Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be doing copy here, right? Stainless steel construction design and airflow burn more efficiently. So little smoke, you wonder, how... why, why is this so... How is this so much fire? Uh, it's the perfect catalyst for getting outside and spending time with friends and family, building lasting memories around a solo stove. I, I found my ring, by the way. Right now, you can get a big discount on all fire pits during Solo Stove's 4th of July sale and use promo code BURR, B-U-R-R, at solostove.com, S-O-L-O-S-T-O-V-E.com for an extra $10 off. That's solostove.com, promo code BURR. Put on your Indochino suit. Stand next to a, a controlled raging fire. Huh? And meet the he, she, they are your dreams. That's solostove.com. Promo code BURR for $10 off on top of their incredible 4th of July uh, sale discount. But hurry, the 4th of July sale ends July 10th. Um, so anyway, uh, I landed and I got home and I opened my toiletry bag. And I'm like, there it is. And then it turned out to be the circle from the scissors for my nose hairs and I was like oh no and I was like I know it's in here I know it's in here I know it's in here and I went in and it was there and I put it on and everything was cool but my wife was like ridiculously cool she goes well we can go to uh, we can just go get another one <laughs> I thought she was going to be like how could you that was the one I put on your finger when we got married oh my god but she's not like that like every year we kind of like we're not good with like dates. Like, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. If Wait, when's our anniversary? Ah, fuck. Was that yesterday? Um, all right. Masterclass. Masterclass. Have you always wanted to be a slave owner, but didn't know how to do it? Well, fortunately, there's Masterclass. Making America great again. Kidding. All right. Masterclass, everybody. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds. Anytime, any and at your own pace, learn to barbecue from uh, Aaron Franklin. I so want that to be Aretha Franklin. Um, you know, I always heard she could cook. She was on the road. She liked to throw down. And also the greatest voice of all time. Am I crazy? Uh, learn to barbecue from Aaron Franklin. Skateboarding from Anthony Tony Hawk. Or learn songwriting and producing from Alicia Keys. What up, uh, with 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Jerking off in public. They got homeless Steve. 
Uh, Masterclass is accessible on your phone, web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. Memorize things that Neil deGrasse Tyson says to plumbers. Um, hundreds of videos. <laughs> is it me or is that guy never talking to scientists? He's always talking to some meathead like me that's like going like, wow, Neil, you're really smart. I want to see Neil talk to another scientist. I guarantee you the guy's going, shut the fuck up, Neil. All right, I'm not some rube you found at a bus stop. All right, this isn't a podcast. All right, we're in the lab, motherfucker. Huh? You want to take out a graduated cylinder and show me what you got? Huh? Neil? Why do I know your middle name? Like you fucking invented something? You know what you invented? Talking to people way dumber than you are so you can seem smart and get some fucking celebrity pussy. That's what you're doing, Neil. Meanwhile, I'm in the fucking lab. No one knows my name. I'm out here curing shit. The fuck did you do during COVID? All right, hundreds of video lessons from 100, 100 plus of today's most brilliant minds are available anytime, anywhere on iOS. What the fuck does that mean? I have to look that up every week. iOS. It's a small I, so it's got to be Apple because that's their brand. They own the lowercase I. Um, Android, desktop, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Roku. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass. I'd like to do the Alicia Keys one, right? And then sit down like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day, you know, and start singing some R&B hits from the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, he couldn't sing, but, you know, he was tickling those keys like Alicia Keys. Should we call him Billy Keys? How did he do it? He went to masterclass.com slash burr. That's masterclass.com slash burr right now for 15% off all masterclasses is, is, is. All right. Lastly, but not leastly, but not leastly, I don't, I don't want to start any, any ill will between advertisers on this podcast. Can you tell I'm also typing in a podcast, uh, a password as I'm doing this? Um, all right. It's simply safe, everybody. Isn't that what we all want to feel? Just simply safe. Simply safe, everybody. You know, today's episode of the Monday Morning Podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security. I believe. Je crois. Um, home, je crois maison sécurité. Uh, I believe home security should be the safest place. Oh, I believe home should be the safest place on earth for every family. Yeah, for every family. I don't think it should be the safest place. I mean, you're dealing with like nuclear reactors and serial killers that you lock up. You want to make sure that they're locked up safely with Simply Safe maximum security prisons. Uh, that's why I, re I use and recommend Simply Safe. Simply Safe is an advanced whole home security that puts you, your home, and your family's safety first. Here's why I love it. Here's why I love it. I love standing in the kitchen and fucking looking all around my house, standing in the kitchen. 
knowing there's nobody there, knowing that there's not somebody coming into the house that I would then have to fucking sacrifice myself to as the rest of the family ran out. Uh, Simply Safe offers comprehensive protection not only against intruders and burglary, but against expensive home hazards from flooding to fires. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents take um, action the moment a threat is detected, dispatching police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home. Simply Safe. That'd be funny. You come home, there's a bunch of firefighters in there smoking cigars. Uh, can I help you? Oh, sorry. Uh, there was an alarm, and uh, we didn't think you were going to be back till tomorrow. Simply Safe uses proprietary video verification technology so that monitoring agents can visually confirm the threat in order to get higher priority 911 dispatch. Monitoring plans are affordable, affordably priced at a dollar a day with no long term contracts or hidden fees because feeling safe at home shouldn't break the bank. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash burr. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash burr. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash burr. All right. It's time for a little bit of water here. All right. Moving on. Things to do. In Albuquerque. For $200, things to do in Albuquerque. Um, <clears throat> hey, Billy Burqueno. Burqueno. It's pronounced Burqueno. Captain Freckle Chest, Billy Burqueno. Burqueno. Uh, I'm a born and raised <clears throat> Albuquerque native. And this is to your Nana fan who asked about things to do here in Albuquerque. What does Burkenyo mean? That's got to be some sort of insult towards me. Burkenyo. Uh When the weather permits, she could take her grandson to the top of Sandia Peak on the tram or the Petroglyph uh, National Park, which has ancient drawings on extinct volcanic rocks. Well, the, if the rocks are extinct, then what the fuck are the drawings on? I'm only saying this because he sound spelled that petroglyph. And he goes, yes, very good. Making fun of me like you're fucking smart. If you were smart, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, all right? So you're guilty by association. In Old Town Albuquerque, we have an awesome 100-year-old church and shopping, which is right up the street from the zoo and the aquarium. In October... Uh, Fucking sea lions. What are you doing time? Albuquerque. Ah, fuck. You're never getting out. Uh, in October, if you're in the San Diego Zoo, you have hope. You can smell it. You can hear it. You can hear the ocean. In October is the International Balloon Fiesta, which sells fast. Oh, my wife went to that. We have more than green chili and breaking bad in which you rock, by the way. Oh, now he's being nice. Thank you, sir. Uh, come visit us, Nana, and you always... You'll always have a home here, Bill. Much love to the familia. Thanks and singa to miso. Singa to miso, puta. I'm assuming that means go fuck yourself. Uh, respectfully. Okay, real jobs. Hey, Bill, I'm 35. All right? Not old, I'm not young. Just sort of hanging there in limbo. Too old to go to a club. Too young for an AARP card. I used to work in tech. Now I own a diner. 
I saw you posted something to your Instagram about diners and the dying breed of a local restaurant. Um, oh, yeah, there was this whole thing about how um, diners were, uh, during COVID, got, really, got hit really hard. And these guys were talking about what it takes to run a diner, which is really interesting to me because it looks easy, you know? Got that flat drop grill going. You know, let me get, let me get, uh, let me get two over easy. Uh, two over easy, you know? You're usually making shit that you know how to make. I just didn't realize all the overhead and all of that crap. You know, people chewing and screwing, dining and dashing, bipping and bopping. Um, I had a very, I have very little experience. Wait a second. Where am I? Okay. It's been a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. Oh, this is something this person does, I guess. I had very little experience, but I sought out knowledge from some veterans of the diner business, and they were very happy to help. COVID really destroyed a lot of these businesses. I f is there anything better than a great diner? And what's a great diner? It's clean, and they butter the toast. They don't bring the fucking toast over with butter to the side that's cold, and then I got to tear apart the fucking warm bread that you're calling toast. Sorry. I've read that half of all second and third generation diners closed down. Seven out of the 10 in my city closed down by the end of 2021, so I believe it. Government didn't do shit for actual small businesses. How did they go out of business when people were ordering food? I guess they weren't ordering from them. Dude, is, is there anything better than going to a fucking diner when you don't have anything to do that morning and you got the, you got the local paper? That's the greatest. And you watch all these people fucking walking in. Hey, Mark. Um, government didn't do shit for actual small businesses. The loans were exploited by big companies and the math never added up in terms of the damage done versus the money they gave out. I really hope uh, another wave of hipsters come back around and start bringing the old stuff back so you have somewhere to drink your root beer float, you dandy. Um, yeah, so do I. Oh, what a surprise. Big companies taking ex advantage of uh, money being handed out by the government. Oh, yeah. Taking advantage of the bankruptcy laws and that type of shit. That's what rich people do. That's what they do. And then they act like they're one of you. Yes, they do. And then what happens? They fall off a bicycle. You see that there? Little Trump jab, little fucking Joe Biden. Best. Well, it's okay. You want level trashing? Trashing of both sides with no salute? That's what I offer people. I trash both sides and offer no solutions. That's what we do here. At the Monday Morning Podcast. New job wants to track me. Oh, God. Dear Bill, there's a mandate at my new job that requires my work phone be tracked. This wouldn't be an issue, but on my first day, I had lunch with a guy who was giving his notice at the end of the week. He wasn't too disgruntled. I asked him why he was going to leave, and he... He told me with a straight face that the company overstepped some bounds. I love this guy. They overstepped some bounds. I'm out of here. They sent him a gift card for his birthday to a place that he shops at, except he never told anyone he shopped there. And it's a niche store. Yeah. You know what would happen if we all rebelled against that? They would still know that about us. They just wouldn't be dumb enough to send that gift card. He how wouldn't they know how fucking creepy that is? He attributed to them reading all his work emails or, or tracking the browser on his computer and had no shame in using that info 
to buy him a birthday gift. It's a huge pay increase, so I think I'll stick it out for a few months because I have bills and student loans. Well, that's how they get you. But I'm going to be very careful about what I say and do. P.S. I'm writing this from a rogue phone with a VPN, so don't worry. I'm not a moron. I think more people need to do that. But then you know what they do? They, they would start their own rogue phone under a different fucking name. They'll get you. They're going to get you. I've given up. I've quit. All right? My only line of defense is to live the most boring life anybody has ever seen. All right? Anybody who's tracking me right now, they're, they're like, wow, this guy's really into watching people power wash driveways. Um, it's not all that. And then every once in a while, there's a porno thrown in there. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Um, new segment idea, lifestyles. Dear Bill the Trill, you've talked a lot about different ways of living and what the benefits are to different location. I'd like to propose a new segment about the lesser discussed, more specific ways of life and during different time periods. Firstly, for this potential segment, I'd like to suggest river life is a very interesting way to go. River life. In a van down by the river like the Chris Farley bit? More specifically, in the 1800s, I recently saw a photo of a home on a river that was used frequently for travel and trade. Oh, so people were using oh, we were using the river for travel and trade. Can you imagine sitting on your front porch watching some random people just float by? Yeah, wondering if they didn't kill somebody in a different state. Uh, this is pretty, that's pretty wild, man. Of course, I'd have a musket ready to go. I, oh, but you're also talking like time travel. Because I don't think anybody uses a river. Like a bunch of fur trappers going up and down the fucking Allegheny. Uh, of course, I'd have a musket ready to go. I'd be, it'd be great to have long days of sitting along a steady current. Thoughts on ri- river life. My question would be, how do you pay your bills? Because there's a way to do river life where you don't pay anything. You just have to be... Well, wait, wait. It's a river. It's not like you're on a lake. You're out there. You're on a fucking river. So you're floating. You're you're heading places. What happens when your foundation is too deep for like the fucking white water and all of that. I, I got I to gotta learn more about river life. Or is your house anchored? I got one for you. Why don't you just put a fucking house out on a random lake? You know, where there's enough shit. How long could you have it out there before people are like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Is he paying any taxes? Every morning he comes out, whatever he pulls in, he goes inside, he fucking eats it for breakfast. Occasionally he comes to shore when he gets mercury poison and he eats a couple of squirrels i don't think that guy has a job you know I, you know some fucking asshole would put up a gopro and film the guy and rat him out instead of looking at that one person you know and being happy that they're free right all right overrated underrated um, I will tell you, though, I have like an unbelievable urge to live in the middle of nowhere. If it wasn't for the racist morons that you run into out there, I would do it in a second. But I can't move an interracial family into the middle of fucking nowhere. 
I mean, I just started a Netflix series if I did that. All right, overrated, underrated. Underrated, tank tops. Wife beaters! Uh, started wearing them at my new job as a grave digger. When it started getting hot out, total game changer. But don't you have like the backhoe and all of that shit? Jesus Christ, is this the same guy living on the rivers in the 1800s? Extremely comfortable, extremely affordable, and if you get anything on it, who cares? It's a wife beater. You're supposed to get stains on it. Start wearing them everywhere. Started wearing them everywhere. At work, the gym, around the house, and playing pickup ball. It's a great clothing option, but big t-shirt would like you to think otherwise. Um, Well, there's different ones, too. You know what I mean? There's, There's the wife beater cut you know like 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 jeans have straight leg bootleg grape smuggler uh swing low sweet chariot fucking um onyx cut right they got all of that shit but like wife beaters are the same way you know you have that yeah every once in a while my wife gets out of line and i give her a fucking smack they got that classic cut but then they have the uh the freddie mercury gay guy cut which it's a it's a higher quality, uh, much more flattering cut, but then you got to be like jacked like a gay dude though. That's the only thing. You can't eat carbs in the other one. The other one you can walk around, the uh, sort of the the heterosexual cut, right? Are there only really, is there a gay cut and a heterosexual cut when it comes to tank tops? But there is the metrosexual who floats between both sides. There's probably that cut somewhere. Anyway. I know what you're saying, though. If you get, like, the classic, you know, straight guy wife beater, you can walk around with, like, spaghetti sauce and, like, part of a meatball on your beer belly. But if you get the Freddie Mercury cut, uh, people are going to be offended if you're not jacked. You know? Yet another example of how easy it is to be straight. You know? You can be fat and wear a fucking tank top and you don't get any shit, unlike these poor gay people who if they wear a tank top, you know, they have to get hassled, man. I don't know where that went. I just made up all of that shit. Um, Okay, where am I? Overrated cards. A few years back, my family stopped doing birthday, Christmas, and any Hallmark. Oh, overrated, getting cards. Yeah, I always felt cards were stupid unless you bought a blank one. I always felt weird like if I bought a mass-produced card that said a bunch of romantic shit and I gave it to my wife and she's like, oh my God, that was so nice. I always want to be like, oh my God, I know, and 1,500 other women in this fucking area code are reading it right now. Um, like, can you imagine if you actually wrote a card? If you wrote a card in your own penmanship but you plagiarized some romantic shit that somebody else said and they found out like, it would totally change their perception of you. But I think because, like, the plagiarism is so fucking there. Not plagiarism. The uh, the fact that it is it is somebody else's words that you've purchased. Um, it's so out in the open that it's invisible. And they never stop to think, like, he doesn't think any of this shit. <laughs> somebody else thought this shit. Who were they thinking of when they wrote? Who is, who is this written for? Um, and that person who writes this stuff, are they actually in love or are they writing to some fantasy person that they never had the nerve to talk to or their idea of what love is because they're a sociopath? Who knows what the fuck you're handling? That's why I always go with the blank card. 
Anyway, it's awesome. Saves a couple of bucks. Um, along with the hassle of going to the store and looking for a card that doesn't suck. Um, it always felt like an empty gesture. Anyway, anyways, uh, and a text or a phone call is a lot more personal and meaningful. I think a phone call is. A text is still a blow-off. Hey, happy birthday, dude. I'll tell you, underrated. Anyway, keep up the great work, and I cannot wait to see your movie in theaters and a new special from Red Rocks. Oh, yeah, the Red Rocks special is coming uh, on, I think, July 12th or something like that. Maybe a week from this Friday. Uh, the fuck was I just going to say? That just gave me an idea. And I moved on to another idea. My brain works like a fucking straight line, so I, I, I'm not going to remember it. We were talking about cards. Always felt like an empty gesture. You get text. Oh, texting. I'll tell you what I'm done doing. I am done responding to a sea of texts on random holidays like 4th of July. There was like five people sent me, hey, man, happy 4th of July. I didn't respond to any of them. I'm not fucking, I'm not spending my 4th of July going, hey, bro, happy 4th of July to you too. And then that starts a conversation. Same thing with Happy Father's Day. You know what's the worst? Is when you get the Happy Father's Day and you can tell it's just a cut and paste. It just says Happy Father's Day, exclamation point. I'm not responding to that. All right? I need to see my name in there and, and see a little bit of thought. Then then you can guilt me into responding. I'm not fucking doing it. Um, I'm actually, I think I'm not going to do it for Christmas. You know that you got to like take like 10 minutes or whatever to just sit. Okay, I'm going to deal with all of these fucking things. And then the worst is these fucking people that send that shit. You then say, hey, thanks a lot. Merry Christmas to you too. And then they write something else back. It's like this, this, isn't, this isn't a conversation. That's what I'm starting here. So I'm just, I'm, I'm done with all of that. Maybe that's what you do. You just tell everybody. I'm just going to let you know I'm not wishing you a Merry Christmas via text. Okay, it's happening right now. Merry Christmas. I said it. I'm done. I'm not responding to your 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 spam. Happy holidays, horseshit. All right. The only one you can't get out of is your birthday. But even then, what you do is you write a little paragraph, you copy it, and then you just paste it to each one. Okay. And I know what you're thinking. Well, there's not a name. It doesn't come off as personal. Exactly. And then maybe next year, they don't wish you a happy birthday. And then you can actually go out and enjoy your birthday. Why does your birthday involve you having to take 10 minutes out of your day to write everybody back that wiggled their thumbs for you? Huh? Do you think Davy Crockett or any of the other founding fathers in this country ever had to do that? Huh? Stop in the middle of their oppressing of other people to take out a feather and write a fucking letter. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, and just so you know, I let everybody know that the raccoon hat idea was yours. All the best, Davy Crockett. Um, all right, that's it, everybody. I'm out of here. Uh, je te laisse. <laughs> Au revoir. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. I was just thinking I'm going to go I'm going to move to France. I just need 3 months. 3 months and I'll I'll take French lessons and all that be fucking hardcore 
and then I can do what I've always wanted to do, which is go to France, do a show only in French, and just trash them. Um, those fucking guys, I swear to God, their customer service, that's their shit, dude. When you go to France, if you ask them, just say, hey, my leg is hanging off. I'm going to bleed to death. Their first response is like, I'm sorry, monsieur, there's nothing we can do. You, you got to like elevate your voice. Not like yell at them, but you just got to be like, you got to like wake them out of their what, laissez-faire, whatever the fuck it is that they just don't give a fuck. You got to like remind them. Okay. Oh, I was almost going to say something really bad there. I'm not going to say it. All right, that's it. Oh, I don't need to start an international incident here. That's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. I will check in on you on Thursday.